0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. This week, we're going to go over what went down in Las Vegas with NASCAR, as well as what went down with the F1 Series in Russia. We're also going to look toward and get you prepared with information about this week's races at Talladega, as well as Indianapolis. Can't wait to get it going. So let's jump right into it. Let's get to the results uh, this week. Um, it was a very good week here. Um, playoffs for all three series for the uh, first time this this season. It is great to uh, be back uh, with all of that. Austin Hill wins the truck race. He's into the round of eight. Remember, only two cars got eliminated in the first round. That was Ben's pick, so a good pick by him. Chase Briscoe then would win the Xfinity race on Saturday to lock himself into the round of eight. Four cars eliminated in the first round there for the Xfinity series. That was my pick. Chase Briscoe has won two races in a row. That's my pick for the championship. He's looking red hot. Last night, though, was a surprise. Kurt Busch wins the cup race, locks himself into the round of eight, and... Um, Right now, NASCAR in the round of 12. Four were eliminated in the round of 16. Four will uh, be eliminated in this round. Ben, Kurt Busch, uh, pitch strategy here, wow. Just holding off uh, a lot of these guys. Looking at these point standings, Kurt Busch locked into the round of eight. So that would leave seven spots open for people to get in. Harvick, 61 points over the cut line unless he has two really bad Uh, weekends in a row at Talladega and the Roval. He's pretty locked in. Hamlin, 58 points above the cut line. Uh, And then from there, it's kind of um, every driver's not locked in. Hamlin and Harvick have this good cushion. Keselowski, 16 points over the cut line. Martin Trooks Jr., 15 points above the cut line. Logano, 11. Logano got into some contact with Kyle Busch early in the race at Vegas. Bounces back. Chase Elliott, 10 points above the cut line. Finished 22nd at Vegas. Uh, He won a stage, which was strange. He ran a lot better than what his finishing position was. Bowman, nine points above the cut line. Bowman also had a really good Las Vegas uh, finished up front. Uh, Then you have the four drivers below the cut line. Kyle Busch, nine points below the cut line. This is not a uh, usual situation for him. Uh, It is very different to see Kyle Busch below the cut line, nine points below. Clint Boyer, 20 points below the cut line. Eric Almirola, 27 points below the cut line. And Austin Dillon, 32 points below the cut line. Ben, any surprises for you when we're talking about these, these playoff standings of drivers above or drivers below the cut line? And what do you expect to see here with these next two races leading into the round of eight?
1: Like you said, Kurt Bush was definitely a surprise. I mean, he probably had a top 10 car, maybe, Uh, all night but pit strategy got him out front and was able to hold on to it survived those last couple restarts but everybody else kind of business as usual but i kind of i mentioned this last week kyle bush i think him not having a lot of playoff points is really going to affect him look at him now minus nine points below the cut line he's the first guy out so that uh is starting to really bite him in the butt so he's gonna have to have two good races he's gonna have to get up there talladega and the role will haven't really been Great tracks for him in the past. We'll have to see where it goes. But Boyer, Almarola Dillon, doesn't really surprise me, though uh, we'll kind of get into what happened to Austin Dylan later. But uh, he sits, man, 32 points. Not quite a, a win situation, but uh, he's going to need a lot of luck to go his way.
0: Uh, and also this weekend, uh, Valtari Botas uh, wins the F1 race. Uh, so Ben's prediction was right. He picked the field. Um, Max Verstappen and then Lewis Hamilton, the top three there. Um, that was also a good race. That was in Russia this week. Uh, ben, what about these Xfinity playoff standings? You know, we had a lot of moving and shaking. Ryan Sieg had a good weekend. We'll get to him later. Um, Ross Chastain finds himself below the cut line. Um, that is very strange for him uh, right now. The four drivers below Brandon Brown, Riley Herbst, Michael Annette. Those three, you know, those are pretty normal to see there. But Ross Chastain being below, um, you know, Ryan Seek had a really good run. Um, Chase Briscoe is advanced to the round of eight. Um, this is only their, their first round, right? They have two races left. Um, also, you know, going to the trucks, um, Todd Gilland, Ben Rhodes below the cut line. Um, going into Talladega, uh, Eckes above, Austin Hill above. He advanced, actually. Craft uh, and Ancrum and finger Smith Moffat Creed. Uh, ben, I want to talk about Tyler Ancrum. He has been a surprise um, out of the trunk standings. Wouldn't you say, uh, you know, winning a stage at Bristol, uh, he's run really good. He set himself up to get to the round of eight.
1: Yeah, he's definitely been a surprise for me. Uh, currently says 15 points above the cut line. He's tied. Uh, with Matt Crafton but it looks like he does have the tiebreaker but yeah you know his teammates have really been running up front a ton and I feel like he just hasn't quite matched their speed but you know he's putting together a decent playoff so far so we'll have to see how Talladega treats him
0: man what's up with Ben Rhodes lately I mean really strange he was starting to catch some fire one at Darlington almost run at Richmond ran good and now he finds himself uh, ninth in the standings below the cut line and he did not have a good run at Las Vegas finishing 23rd what's going on with that team it seemed like they had so much momentum and now it seems that um, you know Thor sports kind of going away a little bit
1: uh, I think I can't remember if he had a mechanical issue or had a speeding penalty I think he had some decent speed all night just luck isn't going their way we've seen this in the past with him a lot but yeah nine points you know that's not horrible uh from the cut line but you know we're gonna have to they're gonna have to get on it for talladega a lot can happen you can either make up a lot of points or lose a lot of points
0: yeah for sure i agree with you i think um uh if i'm not mistaken ben is this the truck's final cutoff race or do they have one more
1: uh, I have to look. I think this is their last cutoff because they started, I think at the same time as the cup series.
0: I think so as well. Just uh, wondering, cause you know, truck is just a little bit of a, a strange series. You know, they, they don't have as many drivers into the playoffs. They only have 10. Um, and really every point, uh, matters for sure. Ben, let's kind of dig into some, uh, notable news here. Um, Chase Elliott and Joey Logano kind of had some contact early on in the race. Um, What are your thoughts as well as Joey Logano having contact with Kyle Busch? He just cannot make friends right now. Uh, Lately, like you said, like Kyle Busch said, he cannot make any friends. Very interesting. Joey Logano uh, needs to be careful uh, because he may need some points down the line and he may need to get around one of those drivers to get in.
1: Yeah, during the race, uh, Joey Logano made an aggressive block on Chase that must have been off one of the restarts. Later on, he said needs to be sent here sooner rather than later. Came over the radio and said that. And uh, yeah, it's he Chase definitely could have pushed Logano in the corner. Um, I feel like if they if you know they can talk all they want, but I really do think if they want to Sam Saglano they they've got to start throwing the aggression back and. It's tough because I think Chase really could have gotten the back of him, but he chose not to, Um, you know, that's early in the race, but they got to start racing back. If, you know, if they're going to, in my opinion, if they're going to complain about him, race him aggressive back, you know, it's tough because you don't want to make enemies. I mean, Logano is doing that right now, but if let's say you wreck a guy doesn't make the next round of playoffs, he's going to make his your next round of playoffs tough. So that's interesting with that um, later, I think it was a restart to later. Uh, Denny Hamlin takes Kyle and Joey three wide when they're going into turn three. And it kind of looked like um Kyle wasn't expecting Denny to make the move because him and Joey were side by side. Um, so Denny dives it down in there. I think Kyle, I don't know if he corrects it or if the air kind of moved his car up or anyways. So kind of got up into Logano, came off at Hamlin. Logano had to pit for some damage and everything. I mean, it's tough, and I think Kyle kind of looked like he wanted to b- put the blame on Joey. He thought his car was basically destroyed, and his arrow was going to be out the window. But like I said, um, they need to kind of start standing up to him if they're going to, you know, keep saying these things about that. I'm not sure about what you think.
0: Um, so I'm going to break down the Chase Elliott Joe Logano situation. I uh, thought it was a little aggressive of Logano early on. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just so early in the race. I don't think you need need that. Uh, but you know, don't mind it. It's rough racing. It's the playoffs. It would be a lot different. if We're sitting here talking, uh, and it's Las Vegas, you know, the second or third race of the year. Um, it's at an all time high. The pressure is at a all time high. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, you know, really care for that, but I understand where Logano's coming. Nothing was really bad at a chase. They didn't really affect there. Um, but you know, I want to break down the other situation. I think Kyle Busch was in the wrong for this. Um, we talked last week how, you know, we were on Kyle Bush's side. Uh, we thought Joey Logano was in the wrong here, uh, and rightfully so, we should have got out, out of the way. Uh, here's my thing, though. They were talking about how, well, Kyle Bush seemed to have been scared by Hamlin. I don't think that happened. I think Kyle Bush meant to do that, and he knew that, hey, if I get side-by-side with Joey, I'm going to give him a little nudge up the track. I still think, though, it shows how strong Joey Logano is going to be in these playoffs. Because he had to come down and get a pit. He had a tire rub, had to come down and pit. And he's still above the cut line compared to Kyle Busch below the cut line. Um, I, I think that um, I was against Joe Logano with Chase Elliott. Uh, but I'm against Kyle Busch here with the other situation. Don't think that should be happening. Uh, and Kyle Busch talks about how Joe Logano doesn't have any friends. Well, Kyle Busch, hate to say it, you don't have many either. So... We'll see what happens. Um, you know, this really reminds me of the Matt Kenseth-Joe Lagana situation from years ago. I don't know how it makes you feel, but um, I would hate to see Joe Lagana be taken out again. Uh, but this is what we want. It's the playoffs. We want these rivalries. We don't really have many anymore. All these drivers are friends. Uh, I would love to see uh, Kyle and Joe Lagana go at it again. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting rest of the playoffs.
1: And you make a good point about there just hasn't been a lot of rivals. I mean, this is the playoffs. This is the kind of intensity we need, Uh, whether it's your favorite driver or not. I think we need more drama. We need to carry this through, have some intensity. Um, I I think this whole situation, I think is Logano is just so aggressive with the side drafting, the blocking goes to show just kind of, I still think this package on the mile and a half, though. I think Vegas was one of the better ones. um, And as far as mile and a half go, but just, it seems like it's still difficult to pass. I mean, Logano's going to make that move because of the momentum uh, Chase needed to get, you know, he had such a big run and Logano wanted to stall that. And Chase really didn't come back at him for a few laps. That's just how long it takes. We saw that with the battle for the lead between Kurt and Matt DiBenedetto. It's just, it's so hard because I mean the amount of throttle time through the corner, just it really can only find yourself making a pass. If the guy, you know, gets up into the wall, overdrives the corner. It's just that margin for, being able to, you know, put together a big pass. is just really tough right now.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, But I will say this, Las Vegas was the best cookie cutter by far, not even close. Um, This was just, it felt like good racing. All three races, you know, in the truck we had four or five wide. Um, But the, the weird thing was you'd get four or five wide and these drivers would have trouble going forward. Um, They would just kind of be stuck there for a while. Um, You know, passing did seem to be tough last night, but it really shows how um, I think with this package, it's gone away from the car doing the work. And now these drivers actually have to do uh, this work, and they're they're having to get up on the wheel. Um, I don't mind there be difficult passing. I don't mind that. Um, I think that's what makes NASCAR interesting is, is you know, this fight for every single position. It makes it feel more important. Um, so, yeah, it, it did seem like that. It seemed like, um, you know, we, we would see Chase Elliott get these runs on Denny Hamlin, and then it would just fizzle out. Same thing would go for Bowman later on. It's like he would get really good runs in certain turns. Down the back would lose it, and it's it was just really uh, weird to see, uh, to be honest with you.
1: I just think with the downforce, it's – you know you really need to rely on the draft and side drafting just to put yourself into those positions cuz the cars are are really close and it, it's the drivers can you know, I think I do agree drivers need to get up on the wheel but I feel like there's just so much you, there's only so much you can do I mean when uh De Benedetto was trying to track down Kurt you know he was kind of following him through the corner uh kind of has to follow him on the straightaway he tried to go to the high line but then Bowman would close in um so it's just it's hard on the short run I think in my opinion um to try to get passes done just because the arrow is so important.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, One driver that we've been talking about uh, in the round of 16, he had shown great speed. He showed great speed last night. We said, how will the three team with Austin Dillon um, react when they go to um, these cookie-cutter tracks, when they go to Las Vegas and Talladega and even the Roval? Will they continue that speed that they had at these short tracks? And they did for most of the night. Austin did look really good. Ran up front inside the top 10. And then all of a sudden, it came crashing down. He went from above the cut line to below the cut line because he was handed a pit road violation for a crew member falling over the wall. Having to pit later on as well for an overheating issue. This would cap it all off for a 32nd place finish Austin Dillon seemed to have bounced back from the pit road violation. And then all of a sudden, the water levels went up in the car. Car looked like it was smoking from the inside. Austin Dillon couldn't steer it. He said it was locking up. Um, And it's really sad to see they did everything right once again. And uh, it's not really Austin Dillon's fault for this. It seems to happen there. Ben, my question for you, what are his chances at Talladega in the Charlotte Roval, the uh, commentary staff last night preached it during the race. You need to go ahead and win tonight, and so you don't have to worry about Talladega and the Roval. Uh, Austin Dillon's in a must-win, like we said, 32 points below the cut line. Ben, what are his chances?
1: Yeah, uh, this is such a wild-card round, right, Uh, with the plate track and they go to the road course. He's going to have to figure out something, I think, he's going to have to win at Talladega because he just really hasn't showed strength on the road courses, especially the Roval. Um, he's going to have to go up there, get a lot of stage points, playoff points, you know, fight early and just not crash and just finish the race and hope that some luck falls his way at the Roval. I mean, it's really unfortunate. You know, he had the bad incident uh at uh, Bristol with pit road. I believe it was, or was that Richmond that happened, but you know, there's these little mistakes that just add up. And I feel like, They've kind of had these mistakes throughout the year, and they just need to clean it up. Um, yeah, because, I mean, this is this can really bite them if they have some bad runs at Talladega.
0: Yeah, I think Talladega's his best shot. I don't think he really has you know, that good of a shot at the Roval. Um, I, I think, though, if, even if they don't win Talladega, need to keep their head high and understand that when they go to the Roval. Uh, they will have to probably play pitch strategy. Um, so that will be uh, pretty interesting to see. Man, I just hope Austin Dillon can uh, get it together, even if he doesn't uh, make it to the next round. I just hope he can get some more fire under, uh, you know, just some more fire, really, um, to continue into next season. Also, Gracie Trotter becomes the first woman to win an ARCA sanctioned race with a win in the West Series at the Bull Ring. Ben, what do you think about this? This is great for women getting into the sport. They have somebody else to look up to, not just Haley Deegan anymore, who won Gracie Trotter becomes the second woman to win. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Well, in NASCAR, also some schedule updates were announced. Chicagoland and Kentucky will be possibly losing Cup dates. Bristol may be running a dirt track race uh, for the Cup Series, which would be Interesting to see. I'm excited for that to maybe happen. And Homestead will be moved to the second race of the 2021 season. Ben, what are your thoughts on these scheduling updates? We talked about, you know, last week, Texas maybe getting the all-star race. Um, Nashville coming back this year. Uh, what do you think about this? Do you think Chicagoland Kentucky losing dates? Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about Bristol running this dirt race? Uh, and homestead moving to the second race of the season we talked about that uh before the podcast we really like that move because they're there for daytona and then they just go right up the road to homestead miami
1: yeah i i feel bad for chicagoland because i mean that's been probably the the best mile and a half race every year and uh you know there was that uh possibility of them having that development uh project and selling off some of the land and everything but it looks like a, you know, if them are losing the date, I wonder if they're just going to tear it down. So I guess we'll have to keep up updates for that. Kentucky, I really have not enjoyed even before the repave. So I'm all right with them losing that. It kind of seemed like the amenities there weren't great, even for an SMI track. So that's all right for me. But Bristol running a dirt race. They did this back in 2001, I think 2002 for the World of all, uh, Sprint Car Series. Uh, I thought they were going to be doing that again, but it, they're actually thinking about doing it for a cup race. I think uh marcus smith talked about this on a, the dale jr download a few months ago uh, maybe kind of hinted at it but didn't really release any specifics i really do not like this move i think bristol should kind of be kept alone especially because i think at this that means it would lose one of the regular uh races it gets so it would have one asphalt race and then a dirt race um I just don't think it's going to work if, if they're going to put cup cars on a dirt race, I'd rather have Matt like Eldora or a proper dirt track race, uh, instead of kind of this makeshift. It's a cool idea. I don't see it happening, but my question to you would be, uh, would you want to go? Because I think this would attract a lot of attention in the beginning, but I don't know how sustainable it would be.
0: Yeah. I think it would be cool to have a Bristol dirt race. I said, I'm you know, excited for it. I think I'm more excited for the idea of, Hey, that would be really cool. I definitely want it if we get two pavement races at Bristol and a dirt race. I think Bristol needs to be its own. Uh, I think Bristol's really one of the only races I look forward to. Uh, One of, you know, the the races that is very interesting, action-packed the whole time. And um, I just don't think running a dirt race, I don't even know if Cup cars could do it. You know, we've seen trucks do it. Maybe, you know, you put some trucks out there. I think that would be cool. Um, not really a fan of it. Uh, I'm, you know, not a fan of Kentucky losing a Cup date. I like Kentucky. Chicago land. I think it is time. Um, and, you know, really, how big is racing in the Chicago, uh, Illinois area? Uh, but, Ben, let's get back to Talladega this week. What to expect at Talladega, right? Will there be lots of wrecks? Who are some of the people to watch for for you, Ben? Uh, I'll let you go first, and then I will give you some people that you should watch for this week.
1: Yeah, and last time they were at Talladega, uh, I believe that was Chase Elliott getting the checker flag, if I'm Ryan Blaney. correct? Ryan Blaney, that's right. Ryan Blaney, that's right, because that was his first win of the year. So I think in General Penske, Hendrick, uh, they've always had good horsepower when they go there. But, man, with it being one of the playoff races, I think the intensity is going to be really high. Uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be a lot of wrecks. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of the exciting thing about plate racing. It's kind of the win that a looming big one is going to be. But, you know, again, like we mentioned before, Austin Dillon, this is probably going to be his best bet if he's going to win any guys below the cut line. Right. So. You know, this is kind of a wild card track more so than I think the Roval, because I feel like this is their third year now doing the Roval. They're kind of getting their feet on the ground with it. But, you know, Boyer, 20 points out. He's decent at play racing. He could go up there and steal a win, you know, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, what do you think? Who, who's going to be some people are going to be looking out for?
0: So I think there will be lots of wrecks this week. The pressure is up. Like I said earlier, I think there will be a lot of wrecks. Who to watch for? Um, I think Ryan Newman always Ryan Newman looks like one of the non-playoff drivers that can steal it. Ryan Blaney as well. I think you need to look at Michael McDowell too. Uh, He's really good at plate tracks. Um, You know, I think you need to look at the Hendrick cars, uh, Bowman, Byron, Elliott, even Jimmy Johnson. Um, I I think those are the guys you've got to look at this week. Uh, When you talk about Talladega, they come uh, to mind. Ben, let's go into our new segment, the driver spotlight. Let's, let uh, let you kick it off first.
1: Uh, yeah, so what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be taking out the rookie rundown just because the rookie year is kind of ramped up. Cole Custer um, didn't, uh, you know, make it far in the playoffs. But, you know, we're what we're trying to do here is just kind of take a look at we're each going to pick a driver that we think had a good race uh, from the truck Xfinity and Cup Series and kind of give him a little shout. Um, kind of like what we are doing with Mid-Pack Monologue, um, but just kind of more of an in general. But I'm going to go with Stuart Friesen in the truck race. You know, really has had a tough season uh, with that team switched over to Toyota from Chevy. Um, Just really hasn't figured it out, but got himself a top 10 this week. So good for him. Uh, You know, hopefully they'll, you know, get a better turnout next year.
0: Uh, Yeah, my driver, I want to give a shout out to Tanner Gray for the truck race. Uh, Tanner Gray, the 15 for DGR Crosley finished third at Las Vegas. Uh, Interesting fact, he's finished third the last two weeks, third at Bristol, third at Las Vegas. Tanner Gray is starting to get on fire. Uh, And something, too, about Tanner Gray, he's a non-playoff driver. Uh, His first season there, uh, very good. Um, I think Tanner Gray has a bright future for David Gilliland and company.
1: And for the Xfinity Series, I'm going to go with the guy that Uh, is in the playoffs, Ryan Sieg. Um, he had a really good run. Uh, he, at one point was running second and was about to snag the lead from Ross Chastain. Wasn't quite able to grab it, but had a lot of speed ends up with a fifth place finish. Uh, good run for him in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Uh, my driver shout out for the Xfinity series, Daniel Hemrick in the eight car finished third at Las Vegas. He has been very good this year for junior motorsports. Uh, he's driving the South point hotel and casino car this week. Uh, Man, Daniel Hamrick, good to see him running well. Doesn't know what his future will be next year. I think he will probably land back in the Cup Series. Daniel Hamrick gets my shout out.
1: Uh, and for the Cup Series, I'm going to go with Matty D. Man, another close race for him. Ends up second place. Uh, kind of was paid a little bit of tire strategy like Kirk Bush and uh, was running up front, led a couple laps, and he, he had a kind of a top 10 car wasn't, wasn't great, but, um, you know, he was kind of mixing it up kind of in the back half of the top 10 all night. Um, uh, but man, comes so close, uh, gets that second place finish good interview. Uh, you know, he's just looking to build his resume. So hopefully uh Penske you'll pick up that driver option for next year.
0: Yeah. So, um, my shout out for the cup series is Chris Busher. Uh, Chris Busher, ninth at Las Vegas. He's actually running up front for Roush Fenway Racing uh, at a point in time. He was third. Uh, here's the thing, though, about Chris Busher. Interesting fact ninth this week, eighth last week at Bristol. Uh, Roush Fenway starting to catch fire, especially with Chris Busher. His future is super bright. Ben, let's head into the show wrap up. Uh, who are your picks uh, for this weekend?
1: Uh, for the truck race, I'm going to go. With a a little bit of a surprise, Um, I think if we get a ton of cautions, a lot of wrecks, I think a guy that probably has kind of been quiet all year, has some good runs, just hasn't been able to get a win yet. I'm going to go with Christian X. Uh, I think he'll kind of hang out towards the middle of the pack, maybe not make a lot of aggressive moves in the beginning, but who knows, he could end find himself up front.
0: Uh, I'm going to pick Grant Enfinger, former winner at Talladega, and he won at Daytona earlier this year, both plate tracks. Grant Enfinger gets it done this weekend
1: to advance to the round of eight and with the Xfinity series as we look towards the call at cars AJ omdinger is back in the 16 you know how they worked pretty decent at the plate tracks uh you know minus kind of that Daytona incident uh but Justin Haley did get the win but I think this race is going to finally finally be Ross Chastain to get the win uh I think he's going to work with his teammates but he'll be on the hopefully better receiving end I mean Man, this is – he's below the cut line, but, I mean, this can certainly uh, propel him to start knocking off a couple more wins throughout the playoffs because, man, he really needs it.
0: Um, I think Chastain's a good pick, but like we said earlier, I disagree with you. I do not think the college cars work together. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they work. I'm going to pick uh, – Ben picked a surprise. I'm going to pick Ryan Sieg. Hey, I think Ryan Sieg's been catching fire. He's running good. Um And, you know, like I said, I think he's going to kind of sit back in the mid-back for a little bit uh, or maybe be up front all day. I think Ryan Sieg's a good pick.
1: And for the Cup Series, uh, I'm going to be going with Chase Elliott. Currently sits 10 points above the cutoff line. Uh, I think he's going to not need to worry about going to the Roval.
0: Yeah, I'm going to pick Ryan Blaney to sweep Talladega. Non-playoff driver, uh, still wants to win. He gets it done.
1: And now we're going to be back IndyCar racing this weekend for a doubleheader at the IndyGP. I'm going to go with Simon Padgett on the first race. I kind of have a very quiet season, but he's been pretty good there uh, the past couple of years. Kind of stole that win from, uh, I believe that was Scott Dixon when they had that tire strategy last year. So that's who I'm going with first race.
0: Yeah, my first IndyCar race, hard to believe. Three races left and we will crown a champion. It's pretty much between New Garden and Dixon. My first IndyCar car race, I'm gonna pick Colton Herta. Colton Herta won the last race at Mid Ohio, and Dreddy Auto Sport, I think, is back ready to roll with Colton Herta. He's gonna do it again.
1: And for the second race, I'm gonna be going with championship leader Joseph Newgarden. Uh yeah, that's kind of all you gotta say about that.
0: Right now it's really a two-man race for the championship. I think the second uh race at Indianapolis, the road course patricio O'Ward first career win and i think he'll put his hat back in the running for the championship
1: and that's going to do it for this episode of the burning It down racing podcast next week we'll take a look and see how talladega unfolded preview of the roval and bring you any more news that's going on in the three major series of nascar be sure to follow me on social media i'm neb underscore It's my name backwards on instagram and twitter
0: On Instagram, BrysonFoster259. Thank you all once again. See you next week.